02 of the Ham Radio Podcast. And it's me, Carrick, with ACG. Carrick, you're a little under the weather, are you not? I am. <laughs> I am. Very. Very. <laughs> so, if I cough, I apologize. I'm going to try to even mute it if I have the sniffles. Right, right. Yeah, so just a warning, everybody, if you hear a little bit of, Ugh! that's uh, Carrick, you know, just coughing Dying along. slowly. <laughs> A slow, slow death. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, uh, thank you for choosing us to spend your uh, Friday evening, whether it's through early access or the Twitch stream or on Sunday afternoon, in the Eastern time at least. Um, we appreciate you. We hope you enjoy your stay. And um, one thing that we, we have not been pitching much because we've been doing this live so we can't edit in the Flickabuck stuff is uh oh, is that yeah you guys can support the show via patreon i wanted to send a special shout out to a lot of the um new patrons that have joined me through colin moriarty's patreon that was a very generous move by a lot of folks who who, who swung on by despite knowing they they got to know a, a lot about me in a short period of time but you know they haven't had a lot of time to experience my content and um, I, I really appreciate those people who swung on by, joined the show, um, because they are contributing to something that I'm working on that should really improve and buff up the quality of all my videos. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. And actually, you Very can hear much. more about that on Colin's podcast. I go pretty in-depth on, on my secret projects because I'm sort of done... Uh, Being keep, secret. Keep, yeah, keep, keep, because like it's been so long. <laughs> I'm just like, you know what? Like You guys can... Find it out if you care enough, and uh, if you don't care enough, I'll surprise you one day in the next couple of months, and that'll be it. Um, but anyway, uh, as for future projects, I'm working on a Plague's Tale review, and that's currently it. What about you? Plague's Tale and Rage 2. Nice, nice. Yeah, so ladies and gentlemen, Karen and I have like a pre-podcast before the actual podcast where we just yak, and uh, we, were, we were talking about Rage 2, and I would not expect a... Uh, a Rage 2 review for myself day one at, at this rate. A lot of people have it in hand. I currently do not. Uh, not throwing shade, uh, just feeling out the situation, but right now I have not heard from any of the contacts who naturally get back to me. Um, I'm seeing a lot of conversation about my hair. Yes, in other news, outside of content projects, I dyed my hair a, uh, a silver blonde, a platinum, if you will. And uh, for a lot of people have asked, what's the reasoning for Cause that? Because of Sonic. Gotta yeah. go fast. Yeah, baby. absolutely. <laughs> um, but in all all actuality, uh, not everyone's a part of the Twitch community that I've been I've been building, and we've been growing a lot, and it, it's been so much fun. We had one of the most fun streams actually playing Fallout seventy six this week. It was so much fun. I was arguing with the chat about what the best uh, cookies are. In my opinion, it's Oreos. But uh, some people were saying that they eat Oreos with forks, which I just think is. That's fucking disgusting. Like that. That's yeah, you'd be banned instantly yeah. from the Discord. Yeah, if you, I, yeah. Come on. I almost canceled my show. I was just like, I'm, <laughs> I'm fucking done with this shit. We're not animals. Yeah, what exactly. the hell? Yeah, like <laughs> use your hands. Put it in the cookie, or put it in the cookie. Put it in the milk. Like I'm starting this back up again because I can already see the chat's gonna pop out and go, oh my god, here we go again. But it was so annoying. Anyway, um, during one of our streams i think a month and a half two months ago we were playing fallout 4 and i said all right if i get 250 subs which is like an astronomical number i said i'll dye my hair i said i don't give a shit because i was like oh it's not gonna happen and uh an anonymous gifter uh who then nah. revealed himself later later i think he gifted like 80 or 90 subs to get us there <laughs> yeah like something insane and uh pushed us over the top and i hit 250 and uh, at the same time that happened, sadly, my aunt had passed away, so I had to wait a little bit to dye my hair because out of respect for her, I didn't want to show up with this fucking crazy shit on my head. 
Um, and so, yeah, I, I, uh, I died just this week and at first I was really self-conscious, but a lot of people were like, it looks good. And I've been, I've been feeling a lot better about it. But anyway, uh, welcome to the well, congratulations. <laughs> That's way more subs than I have. <laughs> Thank you. Well, yeah, I mean, it, what works I be- best for people is when you as a community work towards a goal and you give them something that they can oh, for sure. laugh with at or, or enjoy. So I just hit. Because, like, what happens is you lose those subs because they end, and if people want to resub or not, you kind of convince yeah. them by saying, for me, it was like, if I hit 100, I'll do a 12-hour stream. And so it's not like I'm dangling a carrot. Like, I'll do a 12-hour stream on my own. But uh, it's just so it's like a special celebration sort of thing. Like, thank you for cool. doing this. I'll give you this. Uh, but anyway, welcome to episode 202 of the Ham Radio Podcast. We have a lot more viewers coming in now. And uh, if you would like to be part of the show in a different way, not only can you participate on Patreon, support the show, get the access early on the podcast alongside exclusive videos, get involved in the Discord. And I'm actually considering doing a thing on the uh, on, on my daily uploads where I just include the $15 and up patrons in the credits. I've seen a lot of YouTubers do that. And I think it would be cool yeah. to give more credit because everyone's a part of the project. Uh, Bing King just subbed. What an MVP. We don't get any podcast subs, so that's awesome. Uh, but anyway... Um, yeah, feel free to support us there. But if you also want to be part of the show, you can join us on twitch.tv slash plays and ask questions as we go along to keep the conversation, uh, including you. So now, with all of that out of the way, let's get into the first big piece of news. A real banger. Video game loot boxes would be outlawed in many games under forthcoming <coughs> federal bill. This write-up comes from the Washington Post. We've absolutely got to talk about this. I know we don't really get into politics here, but uh, when it affects our video games, here we go. So I'm going to read the article word for word. Uh, Video games popular among kids would be prohibited from offering loot boxes or randomized assortments of digital weapons, clothing, and other items that can be purchased for a fee under federal legislation to be introduced by Republican Senator Josh Hawley. Holly's Protecting Children from Abusive Games Act takes aim at a growing industry revenue stream that analysis says could be worth more than $50 billion, but one that increasingly has triggered worldwide scrutiny out of its fear, out of fear it fosters addictive behaviors and entices kids to gamble. Holly's proposed bill outlined Wednesday covers games explicitly targeted to players younger than 18, as well as those for broader audiences where developers are aware that kids are making in-game purchases. Along with outlawing loot boxes, these video games also would be banned from offering pay-to-win schemes, where players must spend money to access additional content or gain a digital advantage over rival players. Social media and video games prey on user addiction, siphoning our kids' attention from the real world and extracting profits from fostering Impulsive habits, Holly said in a statement. No matter this is no matter this business model's advantages to the tech industry, one thing is clear: there is no excuse for exploiting children through such practices. Offering one notorious example, Holly office, sorry, Holly's office pointed to a candy crush. Pointed to oh wait, no, that's not a typo. I just misread it. Pointed to Candy Crush, a popular free smartphone puzzle app that allows users to spend $150 on a bundle of goods that includes virtual currency and other items that make the game easier to play. A spokesman for the game's publisher, Activision Blizzard, declined to comment. When a game is designed for kids, game developers shouldn't be allowed to monetize addiction, Holly says. When, and when kids play games designed for adults, they should be walled off from compulsive microtransactions. 
purchases made within games called often called micropayments or in-app purchases have uh, been under scrutiny for recent years in part because children often use their parents' credit cards or other payment methods to rack up charges that can run into the hundreds or thousands of dollars. Parents have complained to the federal, to the FTC, um, that such charges often happen without their permission or end up being much larger than they expect. A federal court in 2016 found that Amazon unfairly charged parents for purchases their children made while they were using apps that were marketed as free. Loot boxes, uh, which can be bought or offered as rewards for achieving certain goals within a game, have uh, also have come under fire over concerns that they encourage addictive behavior, especially by children. Like slot machines, loot boxes offer visual stimulation, and often they can uh, often through an explosion of colors and other animated actions, along with what psychologists call variable rewards, meaning outcomes that are better or worse depending on seemingly random factors. Fearing the risk of addiction, regulators in Belgium, Japan, and China have taken aim at loot boxes and other in-game microtransactions over the past year, resulting in some video game companies pulling their titles from markets entirely (coughs) to comply with local restrictions. Um, And let's see here. U.S. policymakers have also explored a new regulation. States, including California and Washington, have considered their own legislation in recent years, though none of the proposals have become law. Um, in the nation's capital, FTC Chairman Joe Simmons in November committed the agency to looking into loot boxes, though he later declined in detail to detail in a letter to Congress if commission had opened any investigations targeting specific video games or their practices. Uh, the pledge came in response to Democratic Senator Maggie Hassan, I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing any names, who said the practice of paying for random loot had a close link to gambling and said the FTC said months later it would convene a policy workshop in August to study the techniques used to market loot boxes and whether minors are becoming addicted. The agency would play a key enforcement role if Holly's bill is enacted, along with state attorneys general, who would gain the ability to bring lawsuits against video game makers. The proposal gained early support Wednesday from groups that advocate on behalf of parents. That was a mouthful, and I apologize that that was so much to go through, but I think it's very important that we we, uh, cross our T's, dot our I's with this stuff, and and make sure all the information's out there before we get into it. So, it seems like video games are going to be facing a little bit of regulation. Um, We'll we'll bounce to the chat a little bit here. Uh, My first take, personally, is that uh, I'm not surprised. This was the writing was on the wall for a while. But I also mentioned, I also noted in in this write up that a lot of the things where parents were having their money spent by their kids, and my response to that aspect is, you know, be a better parent. Don't have your credit card readily available on certain apps. Don't hand it to your kid. They don't understand the value of money at that age if they are young. But anyway, I do think that um, I I was not surprised at all when I saw this. Like a lot of people were like, "Whoa, what's happening?" I'm like, "You saw it in other countries. It was just a matter of time." So. Where do you where do you sit on all this right now? I think he's full of bullshit. Hmm. I think that Trying entire thing is full of bullshit. Yeah. Well, first of all, uh, children are susceptible to gambling, but I'm going to shock people with science. So are adults. Guess who has the ability to be and use a gambling system more than a child? A fucking adult with their own credit card. You, we always try mm-hmm. to d- bring kids in because it's like this will work. We'll bring children into it. That'll fucking cause everybody to overreact. And that is exactly what we've got now. It's unfortunate. Regulation is part of the company's problem. It's part fans' problems because we do buy into it. Many Mm -hmm. do. Many fans do. Um, 
I just think that it's full of shit and it's fear mongering bullshit that we're. It's very typical stuff. That's and it, the, nowadays. Let's be yeah, real. the psychological uh, descriptions that he's using. By the way, as somebody married to a psychologist, he's full of shit. So it it the the thing is is you can always get somebody to disagree or somebody to to, to agree with something, but when you bring regulation in, what happens is you're actually removing an inside source from understanding an inside problem. You're bringing an outside source in that doesn't mm -hmm. understand the inside problem. And that's one of the biggest issues with regulation in almost any, like, in, in, in any particular group. And that's right. what I think worries a lot of us. So I just think it's, I, I think in all honesty, it's ignoring a huge, huge gap in that logic, which is that... Parenting problems. It's, <laughs> it's parenting problems. It's also adults having... They're, dude, I know people, adults, who I would say are gambling addicts who spent on games. I know adults who aren't gambling addicts who've spent on games. They have the ability to get new credit cards and cause issues. So just pretending it's just children is fucked up. I think that's right. I, I, I think that's predatory almost. In a weird way, mentioning kids is predatory. It's like, haha. I'm going to mention kids because I know that people react to that. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you need to look at it in a bigger, in, in the bigger picture, which they're not because they're outside. And that's what I'm worried about. So you're saying it would <clears> be just, better if, if this was suggested by someone who was like in gaming and yeah, a, and, and, a senator or, or a House of Representative member who was a gamer rather. Or it would have been better if it was even our, um, you know, the rating boards that we use mm. for video games. Right. So, you know, a, a board internally that was like, okay, we're going to look at these. Um, but for example, like they said, Amazon got sued because a free app had internal microtransactions. And uh, I get that. I can sort of see that because uh, a, a lot of times, you know, a credit card might be attached. But like you said, parents also have to watch the shit that's going on. And kids yeah. are kids are uncontrollable so you do want to you do want to put safety precautions on everything for sure but at the same time <laughs> we're trying to pretend they don't have to meet anybody halfway and that's very scary i do not want them regulating dude did you hear what he said the stupidity of saying games aimed at children because of their look guess what some of the most adult games in the world look like fucking cartoon visual novels and they've got sex in them they got people fucking they're called mm. visual novels. Go look on Steam. And if somebody on the outside saw that, they'd go like, that's aimed at children. Guess what? It's not aimed at children. You can't say visually something is for sure aimed at a kid. And you can't say the opposite either. Mm. And I think that that's what bothers me is that it's way too closed off. Way too closed off. Very scary. Yeah, I I agree with that. It's uh, Were you surprised by this at all? Because like I said, when I saw a lot of other countries, in, in you know, banning certain loot box practices i wasn't i wasn't too caught off guard that we'd see all of a sudden now, we don't want them so i wasn't surprised but i would have liked an internal rating board to have put you know like um you know had a rating like let's mm -hmm. say first of all that we all know the pg-13 doesn't always work but let's say you have something at the very least you have a setup and then you have like um you know m for microtransit or like well, M is mature, but you know what I mean. You come up mm -hmm. with something like an X. That means microtransactions or something. <clears throat> and then you have a rating that way, and you can start at the very least. Because what's gone on is people do not feel that um, the gaming industry has met them halfway at all. That's mm -hmm. the big problem. And you have people like Ed Boon just flatly lying and saying, 
Like, there'll be no microtransactions in this game, or there'll be no loot boxes, and you're like, dude, that's a box with loot in it. Like, regardless if you like something, they're trying to get away with it too much. Mm. And, the, and that's another thing. You get all these companies getting away with it and, and trying little tiny fixes. And if we had had somebody internally say, okay, if you're going to do this, it needs to be this. If you're going to do this, it needs to be this. I would have, I, I think it would have probably held it off. But no, other countries are doing it. We'll follow suit. Right. It's sad. It's sad. I think we're in for deep shit, by the way. Well, yeah, I, that actually I honestly do. Lines us up for a question from D Baller. If you fired away in the chat, saying, "Okay, so if this guy phrased it differently, like saying it's a problem with adults and children, and he wasn't trying to fear monger, do you think regulating is all right, even if it's just loot boxes and other things like that?" So I think that tailors into no, where we were sort of heading. Not external, not external. Internally, yes, but not external. But yeah, like having the government come in and regulate games, and yeah, I, I feel like yeah. that could set a pretty bad precedent. Dude, look at Mortal Kombat, Maddie. Green blood on the Nintendo version. What is saying that somebody's not going to come in and be like, fuck, dude, you can't have this, you can't have that. We're, we've decided to it's go like past the, this the, to the this. Door opens it's up. a step in, exactly. And that's why I think we should have stepped forward and figured it out. But the problem is, is gamers buy into it, too. I mean, even well, in your yeah. Discord. <laughs> yeah. We'll be yeah, talking yeah. and somebody will be like, I hate these. I bought a $1.99 worth of these or whatever. And you're yeah. like, dude. <laughs> that's why i made a video about uh in elder scrolls blades a lot of people thought i was gonna thrash bethesda and i was like there comes a point where like there's a lot of us bitching about blades but like someone in my comments who's bitching about blades is also spending 15 dollars on that game that same that same hour you know what i'm saying like someone yeah. out there is doing that and, and and that's what happens is you know perfect's just fighting off the uh, uh the desire to to buy your way out of stuff, you know, I, I feel like that's a, a big chunk of it, because some of these games are tailored to shortchange you, um, I, I feel like Mortal Kombat 11 is an example of a game that started off shortchanging you, and, and after they hit us with, uh, the new patch with the stimulus package, and, and boosted loot, like, I went from having, after a night of fighting in that game, after three, four hours with friends, and hopping into towers and stuff, I have about 30k, which in, I was fine with at the time, but then now, last time I played, I ended the night after doing all my daily challenges and playing for a few hours online and through towers, like 140k, so yeah. complete massive difference there, and uh, I think, do you, what I hope to see in response to this is, okay, we don't want the government intervening with our product, let's take an honest step forward with our game so that we don't have to worry about them coming and knocking on our door. That's how I, I feel the approach might be, because now the government's sniffing around, and it might be just a, a, a voiceless threat almost. Um, you know, Nothing's going to come of it. Nothing's going to come to fruition, because it's a proposed bill, and I don't think as is it will get through, personally. No, what is nice is you already see companies trying to figure it out. Mm. Um, and some doing it, and some probably just vocally, like like anybody, and then mm -hmm. others probably really looking at it. Um, one of the nice things is nobody internally wants external regulation, so there is that idea where a company can say, okay, if we continue to fuck the system, we make money today, but then we later on we're screwed. Yeah, exactly. It's or we do our yeah, or we do long term, which. Luckily enough, this is the one time where I'm happy investors actually invest in some of these companies because mm -hmm. they are many times long-term. Not always, but many times. So um, I would like to see some of these companies step forward 
And I do actually think we will. I'm not going to say it's because they're our best friends, because they're not. I don't think any of these companies actually give a shit. But to they stop don't. a worse system from coming into fruition, mm-hmm. that for sure will happen. We've seen that. In, and that's, by the way, almost, there are so many industries where that has happened, where legislation has started, and internally, they're like, whoa, we need to fix our shit. And there's sort of like that internal agreement where you're like, all right, we need to fix our shit. We need to do this. Right. And situation gets a little better. But yeah, I don't know. I actually uh, – this is why we do this show <laughs> live now because we can get an interesting thought in like uh, Giant Pundu said external regulation is necessary because the gaming industry couldn't do it internally. An internal solution just isn't going to happen with current leaders, perhaps any industry leaders. Now, I wouldn't say any, but uh, – I think that's what happens. They kind of you made your bed now lie in it. That's that's one of the lines I always go to. You know, they they you saw companies. We'll, we'll throw out the common ones: EA, Activision, who would would charge a dollar for a fucking red dot, who would have Ultimate Team become the the biggest pinnacle cre- cash grab of all time. And I, I'll admit, when I was thirteen, NBA two K nineteen or eighteen. Oh, oh god, yeah. Bro. But you know, I, I, here's the thing: is I'll admit when I participated to this when I played FIFA thirteen. I loved FIFA 13. I would still go back and play FIFA 13. It's just something about that game that clicked well with me, the way it played. But I spent easily $100 on on Ultimate Team packs in that game because it was my first exposure to Ultimate Team. Eventually, I I woke up and I was like, this doesn't make sense. I could have bought two games. I could have gone to GameStop with $100 and bought five games if they were used. There were so many different ways I could have spent my money and and so I, I decided to change from that point forward, but we don't know how many people have that awakening, and uh, if they even have a, a broad enough, I guess, gaming taste to, to want to have that awakening. You know, some people are just like, I like my FIFA, and I'll spend all my money on my FIFA. Yeah, that's that's another thing that bothers me, is like, um, how dare anybody think they can tell me how I'm going to spend my money? Mm. Like, f- fuck you. It, I, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I live in a free fucking world where I get to spend money, and then you're like, nah, except for this. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the system's put in place to stop, you know, misuse. That's what should happen. And, you know, uh, the nice thing is, is that's incorrect. It has happened and in, uh, internal legislation has happened. So it's there's nothing that states that these actual leaders couldn't just step forward and say, we don't want outside legislation, so we're going to do this. Right. Which did actually happen with video games for a while and violence. They so would, uh, it, it, it could. Do you think they would decide... Here's our way of being transparent. We'll put on the box art. It'll say rated M, and it'll say MTX. Like there are micro tra- like micro transaction loot boxes. I feel it like absolutely be could. It absolutely could. But honestly, uh, it also depends. I mean, I uh, probably a lot of people don't understand government and stuff and how it works. Which there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just pointing out that mm-hmm. it's um, once a lobby gets started for something, a lot of money's thrown around. <laughs> so if there are parenting groups out there who are throwing large amounts of money even if the internal industry is trying to fix it they're already behind the curve they're already behind the curve by a while so that's one thing that's worrisome is um if there's if we're going to get that outside regulation if anybody thinks it's going to stop at microtransactions they should probably understand that no one can agree even what microtransaction means Mm -hmm. that's the big worry literally no one can agree We've had developers on the same podcast, three developers, and not a single one of them agreed what a microtransaction was. They were the developers, by the way, not publishers. They couldn't even agree. 
They and they were va- vastly different, dude. Vastly well, different. Oh yeah, because like we just saw a good example of what we highlighted <clears throat> in our podcast last week, where Randy Pitchford popped off on what microtransactions meant. Like that's a Ex- a public example. We right need there to of... identify it now. We yeah. need somebody needs to step forward and be like, okay, we this is a microtransaction, or or, or this something is an expansion. In the... This is DLC, <clears throat> whatever you know. Here's what's even more worrisome, Maddie. So. Let's say you get a game for 60 bucks and there's microtransactions in it. <clears throat> That's one thing. Let's say mm-hmm. you get the game on Game Pass and there's microtransactions in it. That's a different thing. What if you get the game as a gift and there's microtransactions in it so you don't feel that spending money on microtransactions is bad because you got the game for free? Mm-hmm. There's fucking 8 million different ways in which these purchases can be identified. Also, if a game's free to play, what type of microtransactions are we going to allow? If a game is $20, what type of microtransactions are you going to allow? The problem with outside regulation is they don't usually have, well, in fact, they don't ever have um, those kind of minute steps. So what you'll get is, we'll probably get something really weird from them, which is fine. We're sort of in it, right? Mm -hmm. There's no real way out of this now. We sort of, we got into it. We can blame the companies, but guess what? They're feeding the people. They're not, right? Like, they are feeding mean, the like, people. Do you mean like well, I mean, if people they... weren't buying them, like, right. so I mean that some of those fans, and I, again, I'm all for spending the money the way you want, but at the same time, that's unfortunately the way it works. Well, like, we blame the companies, but the, well, the people are buying horse armor. What's... That's how it all started, yeah, was yeah, horse yeah, armor. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. What sucks is that um, a lot of us who fight against this type of stuff, uh, it goes back to the argument you and I, I think, started quite honestly because i i fucking hadn't heard it since then where we sat on a podcast one day and said you know there is a broader spectrum of gamers beyond this hardcore youtube community and a lot of decisions and things that happen seem you know granted what everyone says they, they could write whatever they want in the comment section forever and will they follow up with that like i'll never buy this microtransaction does that mean they absolutely never will i don't know that's up to that person right but I feel like because there are so many more people beyond this community, while we are growing, and while, while there are more and more people becoming what I'd call hardcore gamers, more involved, more, more into the discussion, there's still those people who buy their, like I said, that Madden, that FIFA, Call of Duty, what have you, and they just spend all their money on that, they, the $60 and then the microtransactions afterwards. And I think those are the people who put the most hurting on and then the people like us who are, are trying to avoid government inclusion and trying to avoid um, a ton more loot boxes being added to games and, and we're trying to identify what's going on here, we suffer the consequences more than anyone, I feel. Yeah. yeah not that especially... even the hardcore gamers don't, sorry, I just got to say, like, not even that the hardcore gamers don't ever buy microtransactions that that'd be a load of shit of me to say but (laughs) i was gonna say but but i I had to make sure i put that out there (laughs) but i think there is a larger contingent of people more responsible than others if any hearsay and and based on personal experience and and our beliefs and what how people support games and we see single player games without microtransactions doing well there is a lot of folks who believe that no microtransactions should not shouldn't exist but that there is a way around them, and, and it is supported yeah. by certain data. And it's supported by certain devs. Everybody likes to pretend that, you know, it's like they chose to do that mm-hmm. because of consumers, but so, a lot of the devs are consumers too. 
So they look at a single-player game, and they're like, this is what we want to do. What is weird is I got to talk to a dev who worked on Shivering Isles. Awesome. Yes, and uh, I asked, and we discussed what they thought about expansions versus DLC. So I was like, what do you think about an expansion versus DLC? And it was crazy to hear that this discussion came up years and Well, it wasn't crazy. It's exactly what I expected. But they said the big issue started when it went from sequels to expansions. Mm. That was the big problem. Because the moment an expansion comes out, it is never expected to be as big as a sequel. It just isn't. By our definition, it's an expansion, not a new creation. So you're right. expanding your game. And then expanse becomes less and less for the micro you know, for the amount of money you spend. Is it nineteen ninety nine? Well then you expect this. If it's nine ninety nine, you expect this. If it's twenty nine ninety nine. And it was just interesting to sit there and have them talk about it and just be like, Yeah, it's something that for mm-hmm. a long time for a long time it's it it I just don't know if there's a way around it. Um other than forcing it to never happen, which right. I don't think people understand what the actual negative connotation to that mm-hmm. is. And that is very negative as well. Mm-hmm. Very scary to think if it's completely shut off what we may look at for game prices, as well as multiple industry movers and shakers leaving particular nations and going elsewhere to make their games for cheaper, right. stuff like that. Which a lot of devs are worried about too. So Makes it's going to be a big switch for the next 10 years. You and I are going to be in the middle of, like, some weird discussions. Mm-hmm. Bug actually wrote in the chat, my system is personally DLCs about <laughs> things like my, uh, Skyrim's Dragonborn DLC. Microtransactions, to me, are things that are $5 or less, like cosmetics and loot boxes or anything that has odds or a timer system. See, that's the thing. Everyone's got their own little yeah. definitions of them, and, and they, they kind of come and go, change as the industry shifts. Um, but what's interesting is as we've changed how games are played, where they're less of a, you buy it, you play it, that's it. Every game's got a roadmap. Rage 2 just dropped I know, a roadmap. I know. Rage I know. 2, a single player open world title, just dropped a roadmap. Not like that's an uncommon thing, but it emphasizes exactly what we're talking about. It's not like Rage 2 drops and then kind of like what Prey did. You go quiet for a year, and then you come back with Prey Moon Crash, and it's this fantastic expansion that I thought was better in the base game. You just don't see that as often nowadays. You're seeing it with Monster Hunter World, which we'll get into a little bit later in the show, but you don't see this expansion approach anymore. It's about getting the consumer in the door, giving them enough to be happy, and when you time out when they should be nearing being complete, you drop that roadmap, you keep things coming, and you keep them invested in that ecosystem and hope that they keep spending on, on some type of recurrence. Dude, that's why I like God of War, though, Matty. Mm-hmm. No DLC. At all. They're like, here's your fucking game. Bye. And it's to me... stupid I, well. It, 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 it sold stupid well, and I love the idea of being like, no, we'll patch it. Like, we're going to patch it for sure. You know, if there's a if there's a glitch, we'll patch it, but we're done. Mm-hmm. We're moving on. And to me, that's exactly what I like. I love that idea. Um, but I also like the idea of developers, if they want to do an expansion, doing an expansion. Some of my favorite games are expansions. Mm-hmm. Like you said, Prey, Shivering Isles. Prey Those fantastic. are some of the best expansions ever. So I, I certainly want, don't want those to go away either. And then you come into the discussion of what's, you know, is that a micro? Is it not? Right. I have a question for you. Let's say I sell you an expansion. Let's say Assassin's Creed, oh, wow. the Karakening comes out. Okay. So you buy it. It's 60 bucks, And then I release an expansion that's higher level content. Uh, 60 to 80 level instead of 1 to 60. Mm-hmm. What if I give you that game 
And that game is the only way to get from 60 to 80 level. Do you then consider that a pay to win? Wait, I'm confused. So, you know how... to experience the expansion, I need to play the entirety of the base game. Yes. Or, like Persona... Well, not Persona. Sorry, that would be a bad example. But yeah, so what I'm saying is, when when you look at pay to win, that becomes an issue because we do get expansions that are like... To experience this, you have to pay... Sometimes you start out and you get a level 60 character. Kind of like Destiny had this issue. Kind of like Destiny, World of Warcraft. But we have had games that come out that are like, no, you don't. Um, Or you can pay 99 cents to level up to 60. Mm. I guess what we're just... That's a pay to win. See, that's the thing is all of a sudden we start... I I don't really want to stop you, Maddie, from paying 99 cents to see the expansion if you don't want to play the base game. I mean, I feel like that's circumstantial. I'm bothered a I think of the... We'll take Destiny and we'll run with it. I think of... <clears throat> which one? You know, one or two? Uh, whichever one had that issue oh, in the DLC okay. where oh. you had to like be of a level oh, at a certain point Oh, it was one. You actually had to own some DLC to experience the other Yeah, DLC. it was something like that. I think of your... Nine to five family man who likes his destiny and he loves putting in the time when he can. He adores the game and really enjoys his time. He finds that news out. He may not have played a previous DLC or bought a previous DLC. And he's like, you know what? I just want this new content. And I feel like they they are the people that shouldn't have options stripped away from them because a lot of the times that's why, and I'm not justifying it, but we'll see in Assassin's Creed Origins, they have, they call them time savers. And they, they right. do things to save time for people who don't have an interest in investing in the game. But I thought, I'll say this much, I thought that was actually true. And the reason I say that is because Origins never felt like a grind. I never felt like things were, good I did not shit either. was out of reach. And I thought the, the what they said was supported by the game. You could have saved time by buying it, but I played the game extensively and I got everything I wanted. So at the end of the day, I think that type of stuff... You could call that pay to win, maybe, but I view pay to win and see this is what we're happening. We don't have this one blanket definition. <laughs> For me, yeah. pay to win's always a you're facing another player, they have put money in the game, and they have better stuff than you because of that money oh, okay. spent. That's how I view it. If they have access to something of another piece of content, and let's say that other piece of content has a special weapon in it, and now you go into Destiny PvP, and he's absolutely shredding the lobby now with this weapon, I feel like it's a little more fine than that. Um,. Isn't that crazy how many different versions are? It's just a lot of facets. It's because it's a... The thing is, is video games are a creative process. And they even get creative in in that that part, too. You know, so... Yeah. uh, For those curious, by the way, um, the Rage 2 roadmap is we have the game launching in May with... It'll get Wasteland Challenges, Weapon Skins, and the World Event Bring the Ruckus. Uh, In June, it has the Day 30 update, uh, the World Event New Ride Mech yourself before you wreck yourself uh more wasteland challenges more weapon skins and new cheat codes july has a new ride called the one wheeler along with new challenges weapon skins and a world event called new enemy global worming worming um and the reason i went aha earlier i don't know if anyone caught it, is because in august you have more wasteland challenges world event mutant derby weapon skins and rise of the ghosts expansion yeah New story, yeah, enemy that. faction, weapons, vehicles, uh, abilities, areas to explore. And in the fall, world event, enemy, Rageisode 2, Attack of the Drone. So a little, little Star Wars reference there. With more Wasteland challenges, weapon skins, 
and expansion number two, which has new story, weapons, abilities, vehicles, and areas to explore. Free content. All of all world events, day 30 updates, select weapon skins, cheat codes, wastelander challenges, and one-wheeler le- one vehicles. Not too bad. It supports what I said, though, that, you know, the, these companies, they want to make sure that you, uh... You get in the door, and they and they're gonna keep, try to keep you hooked for three months, keep you invested in the in their ecosystem. Are they making you pay for cheat codes? Uh, no, they are they are not. You can I think pre-order and have access to them, but the in-game store does not let you spend real money. And so once again, this is a single-player game. I I don't know if this means that uh, all of a sudden this is this is pay-to-win because you can have access to cheat codes before someone else because you put five dollars down on the game. I, I don't think so. I'm sorry. I'm not going to get that fine of a cut with it. But anyway, that's Rage 2's roadmap, and um, we'll shift our discussion over now, unless you have anything else to say? No, I was going to... I'll just add that I... <laughs> that roadmap caused nothing but arguments in my Discord. Really? Because all of a sudden, somebody came in and they're like, well, that's too soon for new content, so it must have been cut. And I'm like, man... Mm. I've had I've had multiple developers on who are like, no, if we haven't QA'd something, that you know, like we may have eighty percent of something done, but it's not hundred percent done. When, nothing's hundred percent done, so you have to say this is what's in the game, and then we want to add stuff, and people want stuff one month, not six months later. They will not return to it as well. Yeah, I'm but curious if you to see how Monster Hunter World does because that. Because yeah, yeah, um, and there's also that. Is it a game that you want to return because there is an extension in the time? Is it longer? Mm-hmm. I think two to three months is a little dangerous. One month that makes sense. You probably you might be still playing it. Might got it on a deal. What have you? Right. Um, but it, uh, it it's crazy that even that caused not an. I I, I want to make sure nobody. Th- it wasn't contentious. It was the argument of of that being a thing it was like mm-hmm. okay well then that must mean it's cut and then a developer's in there and like wait what that's not that's not at all what it means and then you look at skins and you always hear this thing where it's like oh it just takes you five minutes to make a skin actually it doesn't because you have to make debris patterns you have to make sure that they age correctly yeah mm-hmm. there's a fucking ton of stuff and um it, it's just that even in itself that shows you how much minutia there is in the discussion right there's so much minutia that even that becomes an issue Yes, indeed. All right. <coughs> so, with all that out in the wind, let's talk about Final Fantasy VII. Oh, yes. Beautiful. All right. So, uh, this will kind of tie into our, our next segment where we'll be talking about state of play. But right now, I just wanted to focus on one aspect of Final Fantasy VII, which I mentioned during the stream last night when we reacted to it, which I was like, isn't this game episodic? And according to GameInformer.com by Imran Khan... This game is still going to release in episodes. Um, it's been a number of years since Final Fantasy VII's remake was announced until last night's new trailer. Last time we saw gameplay footage, Barack Obama was president of the U.S., Katy Perry was dancing with sharks at the Super Bowl, and people were warring over the color of a dress. Wow, I do remember that, actually. That last bit, oh my god. Not that I don't remember the other two, but holy shit. Um, th- did you ever get get in on that? Was the dress blue or white? I think it was, or blue or gold? Oh no. my god. I, I, I thought it was uh I thought it was blue. Anyway. <laughs> just gotta put that out there. Put put it out there, blue. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm curious what the chat ends up saying. Yeah, someone said blue. <laughs> blue, yep. Yeah. Alright. Anyway. Um So here we are. After the game was revealed, the development team split into Yoshinori Yoshinori Kitase and Tetsuya Nomura. 
uh, revealed that the remake would be split into different episodes. Otherwise, the game would never, ever get done or have to excise everything but the most critical points, which I believe you go back to Final Fantasy VII, you play it, you, you look at some of like the hidden things, like the way you meet, uh, I think it's, is it Tifa? The one that you find, have you played Final Fantasy VII a lot? Uh, not a lot, one okay. time. All right, do you out. remember you go, you, you leave Midgar and you go kind of into the woods and you find Tifa in a random encounter in yes. the woods and, and you can like capture her or whatever? Yeah, like, I, I just always think of that and stuff like that, because of the way the overworld worked in Final Fantasy VII, I don't think that would be as as quick of a moment and as, right. as fun of a, a, a secret to to discover someone can correct me in the chat if i'm if i'm correct yuffie yuffie thank yuffie. you yeah i just saw that Somebody thank you hot far dead thank you see this is why we got the chat um anyway um this was years and uh this was years and a different developer ago though so it'd be reasonable to presume that this might have changed in the intervening years reasonably but this is uh, but in this case incorrect in a japanese press release square enix reconfirmed their plans to talk more about the game in june likely at e3 this year we do know they're having a conference and Carrick and i did speculate they will be bringing this game back at the end of the release the developer also restated that final fantasy 7 is still a multi-part release rather than the way it was originally done for the game's 1997 release basically don't be surprised if this game ends where the discs end give or take uh when talking about this episodic breakdown in 2017 kitase uh, mentioned that it is viewed internally as three separate games rather than episodic titles like Life is Strange 2 or Hitman, which releases new content regularly through a season. In what is most likely a, uh, or in what is most like, what is likely more of a description of structure rather than quality, the Final Fantasy VII Remake was, co- how dare they? How, how, how dare they? I'll get to that in a second. The Final Fantasy VII Remake was compared to the Final Fantasy XIII trilogy of 13, 13, 2, and Lightning Returns. The reason I say how dare they, Carrick, can you get, Can you fucking guess why? No, you can't. No. Final Fantasy XIII and thirteen two were fucking fun games. I like those games. And, and, and fuck... Oh, and he's throwing yeah. shade on them? Yeah, he's like the episodic... He said, <laughs> and likely what is more of a description of structure rather than quality. It's like, no. What? what? Thirteen two was good. Thirteen two was good. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. Uh, Square Enix is planning to talk more about Seven later this year, and it would be a good guess that this Final Fantasy Seven concert in LA will be the first stop for that. Tetsuya Nomura tweeted yesterday that the game's launch plans are already in place. So, uh, I think also we saw a, a news piece come out that Final Fantasy, or not Final Fantasy Seven, but Square Enix was releasing a major game in this holiday period. So, um, I'm I'm gonna say that that is probably it. Originally, we speculated avengers but maybe that'll just be a gameplay reveal and anyway uh so we'll talk about the episodic structure and then we'll i guess we'll get more into seven itself during the state of play reaction so what what do you feel about final fantasy seven uh how it's coming back in this this broken up structure and are you happy it's coming back and as someone who only played it once are you more? Do you feel you're more rejuvenated and ready to go than most people who have played it multiple times? I've played it a handful of times myself. Yeah, yeah, I'm more interested in. Um, it, I, I'm interested in a remake. Uh, mm. I wasn't as big of a fan of Seven as a lot of people, but I, I'm definitely interested in a remake. I am nervous because the way developers usually work, and especially when you start QAing for one of the titles, you have to put the other work off for a while. And so I'm wondering what they mean, because he, he distinctly says regularly releases like other episodic. And I'm all, are we going to wait two more years for part two? Probably. 
That's what, and and I am not exaggerating with the two years, especially because this is the third technical developer who's worked on it. Um, mm-hmm. There's, we knew, because we talked about this in a prior podcast, there were the rumors that basically came, that turned out to be true, but it was that it was in developer hell, beyond all belief. Oh, there's yeah, also yeah. that, and then there's the worry of how you split up the content. I think that they're making it somewhat differently overworld. The overworld will be set up slightly different so that they can yeah, say, here's yeah. here's your end of, of disc one. But I'm going to tell you right now, if the end of disc one is on PS4, here's the big weirdness. Will the mm. will PS5 have a PS5 version, and of course a PS4, because we know it's backwards compatible, but it's like, are they going to split it by that much and technically they really have to unless they're going for a very short time period like four yeah months. now you mentioned it because there's more tech obviously on the ps5 that they can work with more more power exactly could they so, squeeze and, it into two parts yeah and then does that mean you and i are going to buy our ps4 version and then will the ps5 version turn in or will the four version turn into five if you already own it there's mm. some technical stuff that i don't think anybody who doesn't understand development is they're just like Oh, it's going to come out, and then when you start looking at right now, which is a split generation, you have to look at what tech they're using in the PS4, then what right. they're going to do with the PS5. There's some worries I have there, especially when you jump this amount of time. And his exact words state it will be a lengthy amount of time. That's the problem with these kind of press releases, mm-hmm. is you hear the one thing, and you're like, boom, it's this. And then if you read closer, you're like, wait! He just he just said it's not going to be regular, which I also think indicates they don't have a second disc release time. That's no. even more worrisome. Yeah, I don't think they do. You know, because if you and I were working on a three part video, you and I would go three months, three months. Like we would know, we would say you wouldn't just say we don't know. We'd say th- we're doing this one, then we're doing this one, and then we're doing this one. To say that is pretty. It's open, which is awesome. But when you add the development problems, you add the change to the full core game we're going to see, it's it's a little nerve-wracking. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I understand their structure, though. Do you agree with that? Like, I understand why they'd want to do it episodically, or in an episodic fashion, rather, sorry. Um, just no. because I feel, I see, I feel that game is so dense, more than anything, and part of its dense nature but is But Persona's because... dense. Odyssey's dense. Mm. But I feel like, okay, okay. So, yeah, I get what you're saying. You know, and I, I feel like in Persona's case, it can be dense because it's beautiful, but in its own way where its art style does, you know, it, it doesn't have to do a ton of heavy lifting, right? Okay. Whereas look at the graphic style for Final Fantasy VII, what they were going for, uh, which which pretty much captured what we saw in that Final Fantasy VII remake demo to show off. Like, it was a tech demo for the PS3. Yeah, remember right. that? Yeah, yeah. For sure. That was that was a long time ago, right? And like that was that captured the imaginations of us now where that's what we're gonna be playing. And I feel like if that was their vision, I don't feel like you could mesh both worlds and, and make this game uh that that carried there would be cuts somewhere. Which but I think But don't there you will think be. it would make more sense to do all of it on the PS five then? If yeah, you, I, if we're talking about graphics? That. Yeah, I would love that. Yeah. I, I absolutely am with you on or that. Or PS4, just, sorry. Or PS4, but, like, mm-hmm. lock it down, I my, guess? I don't my know. My guess would be now they're, they probably thought that through. If we've thought of they that, probably I imagine did, yeah. they have. And right. if they decided not to take that route, then my guess is um, we a lot of people forget this is a business. So I, I think it's more so a 
we got to get something out the door. We've worked on this for so long. We got to put episode one out for sure. And and, and just what we've worked on, what we scrapped, just make our money on that first episode. Because let's be honest, I think that game will sell really well. Will it sell stupidly well? I don't know. But I think with Final Fantasy XV success, with Kingdom Hearts three success, I think Square is set up for, and obviously Final Fantasy VII's popularity. I, I think, think it'll sell really well. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 just I don't think know they if second to, or third disc will sell well. That's yeah. Unless it's a, I think a, a much grander. Because that's the thing is that sequels but, always get bigger, right? Yeah, but that's a yes. That, see, that's so dude, we're talking about the, rest the tech of it. Exactly, but there's also this, Maddie. If what if it's what if it's a year later, two years later? Mm-hmm. Then once again, you have a game that you're looking at that's a sequel for an RPG two years later that's self-contained versus sixty years later in the game world. It's right then. Mm. So it's like, are you going to have, have cool to go idea. back and play it again? I have a cool idea. What if you carried over your save data? No, Seems- I think they will. But what I'm saying is, you or I won't remember it. Well, you will. You've played this enough, but I won't. <laughs> So uh, two years from now, if let's say I played it today, and the second part of a game based in the same world at the same time frame mm. is two years from now. So imagine Odyssey, and then imagine Odyssey 2 being just mixed in with Odyssey's world. Like Odyssey but not including where you get to Rome or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Can you imagine how or confusing Sparta, I'm sorry, that? not Rome, Sparta. I, and I certainly am not dissing on it. I, I think, you know, it... It's just technically, when you look at it, it's a lot to bite off, man. It's a lot to bite, which might be why they've had, yeah, we need a spreadsheet. Exactly. That's exactly Mm -hmm. how I feel. Because, like, I'll be writing down, what choice did I make two years ago? And will it make a difference right now in the same game world at the same time frame, even though it's been two years? Like, it's like Mm -hmm. returning to a game where you're getting your ass kicked because you ended it at level 60. And everybody's level sixty and plays like they're level sixty, and you're pl- you're brand new learning it again. You're right. just getting your ass handed to you. You're like, I can't beat anybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, it'll be fun. I'm, yeah. I'm excited for it, regardless. Armored Muffin mentioned like Red Dead Two has a portion of Red Dead One's map, which was so cool. And um, there's I thought, a reason. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was pretty cool too. So the idea originally was to have one be at the end of two. Mm. That was a long time ago. Didn't get into development, but the idea was that you beat number two and you went into number one with all the redone graphics. That magic because that? of the time frame. Oh, so... Dude, mm. what if we beat it? You're doing a review, right? And you're like watching the credits of Red Dead Two, and then you hear that music, mm-hmm. that near and you're all wait, what? And then it's like Red Dead One, you know, the remake or whatever. And yeah. You're like, oh. Oh, uh, what the fuck is happening right now? Um, that would be one of the was, fucking boldest moves I've ever seen. Dude, there'd be no other company in the world, I don't think, who could pull... That's the original rumor that came out. People legit were confused because they saw that part of the map. Mm-hmm. And they were like, I don't understand. Is it, you know, is the time frame different? And then and then the rumor got out that it was like... And I'll, I'll just call it a rumor, actually. But the rumor was out that at one point that was the discussion. Which yeah. Man. I just thought it was an interesting example of, of kind of how Inception. the the previous game was baked in a way into the, yeah. the 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 sequel, and I think we could see a little bit of that in Final Fantasy VII Remake. Um, we'll see though, but we'll we'll get more into Final Fantasy VII in just a moment. We'll we'll shift our discussion over to State of Play now. Um, so Sony had their second State of Play, which for those who don't know is their Nintendo Direct style conferences that go on for about ten fifteen minutes. Uh, their first one was twenty actually. And um, they show off just a, a plethora of games, big or small. 
Um, this time around, it seemed like they listened to feedback, in my opinion. So we got um, the notable ones we'll talk <coughs> about are uh, a Diablo cartoon indie. We'll call it Indie Diablo. I don't know the actual full name of it. I know you liked it, so you'll probably have more on that than me. Um, but there was a Predator game by the folks who made Friday the 13th, which I think everyone's kind of staring clear of after after that launch. Uh, we got the Medieval PS4 remake along with the release date, which we'll, we'll get into a bit of that right now. I have an article also from Game Informer up. Um, they also did Monster Hunter World's trailer. We got Final Fantasy VII trailer at the end, which we'll talk about once more. Um, but where do you want to get started? Do you, do you, did you like what they did this time around with State of Play? Did you think it was it was good because it was more condensed and, and they were transparent about what was going to be there? And, yeah, um, there was. It, it was definitely, dude. I was really disappointed in the first one because yeah. I was like, I was like, we're gonna do a stream, and there was like 15 minutes, and you're all, mm-hmm. there's no stream to do. <laughs> I ended so, up because it ended so fast. I ended up doing tier lists like on my stream. Yeah, I, did, um, I, <laughs> I, I think overall what they showed. Yeah, I mean, it. You know, understanding how often this is gonna happen, mm-hmm. I, I think that they showed a, a maybe even a little more than I would expect. I think overall they showed what they were going to show. They did a good job. I had no real complaints on this state of play, other than that because I'm not as big of a Final Fantasy VII freak as a lot of people, that didn't interest me as much, and because I knew who made Predator and steering. I'm not saying I'm steering clear of it. Developers can get better. But that being said, they made Friday the 13th, which, ignoring the IP issues, also has all kinds of other issues. And so I was just like... I don't want a Predator game, Maddie. that's like Friday the 13th, the reskin, where they mm-hmm. drop three generators into the world, and you have to turn them on while the Predator's chasing you around. And then you have to do that, and then you, and that's all they have the experience with. So when they were talking about it, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> it's yeah. not exactly what I, I was hoping for. I got duped because what happens is they show this this jungle setting, and you see, like, these these army men just walking through and, like, you know, right. flagging each other down. And I was sitting on stream. I was like, oh, fuck. Guys, is this so yeah. calm? <laughs> I was like, guys, is this so calm? Oh, and, oh, I got you. And then, uh, and then you just see this fucking cloaked figure standing in there, and they're like, Predator. And I go, oh, fuck this, man. Like, I, I don't, I don't want Predator. I thought they would bring back SoCom. That would have, I would have lost my shit. Um, but yeah, Predator, I wasn't huge on. However, we have a little bit of a, pardon me, a Game Informer write-up on the medieval PS4 remake, which got a new trailer, uh, mm-hmm. and as well as an October release date. Um, back when Sony last held their PlayStation experience in Anaheim, California, the company decided to ease back on the announcement packed conference and go for something a little more subdued. They did end up announcing a new game, though, in the form of a remake of the 1998 action game Medieval, which, okay, you need to tell me, because I've forgotten the Google list 40 times, was this at some point a PSP game? No. No way. No. I can, no way. I gotta... Hold on. No. I don't think so. PSP. But why do you think that? It just reminds you of something? Medieval Resurrection. Okay, it was a completely yeah. separate Completely game. different game. Okay, this is remaking the PS1 game. Okay. Anyway. That's why. Because I knew I've seen this skull fuck in, in some... <laughs> oh, in, right. In, on some box art when I owned a PSP. I never owned the game, though. Uh, anyway, uh, since then, Sony has been fairly quiet about the title, though we got our reintroduction to it with a story trailer today, as well as a release date of October 25th, so if you want to check out the trailer for yourself, there is, uh, some gameplay. Looked, looked technically not sound. 
A lot of frame drops. A lot of... Uh... Very much so, man. I didn't want to sound too negative, but I was... I, I, it was surprisingly um, framey. I'll just say mm -hmm. that. For uh, what it was, was showing on screen. I thought my stream was lagging, but then the next trailer aired and it was smooth. Yeah, no, it's... It was the yeah. game. Yeah, it was the game. Um, uh, you know, I, I like those kind of games, and I'll, I'll share a link with people in the chat for the game that I, I thought was cool at State of uh, Play, mm -hmm. which is sort of this kind of style, running around just slashing shit. Show, so I'll, I'll still be... Light, which I thought was dope. Yeah, they have some IP stuff. Um, but I think Medieval, like, a lot of people played it when they were younger, so I think it speaks to a certain demographic. I think also, technically, other than Days Gone, mm -hmm. Sony's very good at, you know, getting things smooth. So I'm not too worried about Like, I saw it, and it was framey, and I was like, okay, just put your shit on hold, move on, and okay. come back when it gets released, because... Now, ooh, I found something interesting. What are your thoughts still if I told you this game is $30? I launch? wouldn't want it that framey at $30. Yeah, no, I'm just saying, does that make you go oh. like, oh, it's a little, like, you know, let's say it comes out and, and there are some tech issues, but at $30? At $30, I always look at price, yeah. that right, would. I, right. I, I, I'll tell you this, though, Maddie, and I don't, we don't need to get into this conversation, but <laughs> what would worry me, though, bro, is if we have another pretty big IP from a pretty big publisher with tech issues suddenly. Sony is not known for that. Yeah, and if they Sony did it has twice a good, in a row, if they did it twice in a row, I'd be a little bit tentative, and not forever, because I've liked Microsoft, and they've they wish they had some of the more technical problem mm. Sony games. But um, I would, yeah, I'd be a little nervous, especially because Medieval's not small. It's not a small. It's actually quite a well-known IP. So again, PS2 had it, um, Vita had it. You know, different versions. Um, I think how many how many games are there? I think there's. I saw three. when I looked up the price, there was a second medieval as well on the. PS4. Okay, so you have three. Yeah, so you got three games. So it's not a small IP. So I I hope, and I'm just assuming mm -hmm. that'll all be fixed up even at thirty bucks. Hmm. What it looks like looks fine for thirty. I will say that. You know, it doesn't look as whatever you and you know. I described it kind of as a Ratchet and Clank situation. A fun yeah. style remake priced fairly. Yeah, and R Ratchet and Clank's quality was oh. fucking ace, man. Yeah. Holy shit. Other I've company's never... entire QA could never do that. I know. I've I've never beat a game more times in a review period. I beat that game three fucking times before I aired my review. Dude, it, 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 technically that game was fucking outstanding. It was yeah. stupid. It was I, actually dumb outstanding in how I, good that was technically. Yeah, because, you know, that's the thing is, I, I told you how I was doing tier lists last night, and this was, that was one game I forgot, because people were like, what's your S tier PlayStation exclusives? And I was like, okay, Persona 5, of course, Nier Automata, when it was exclusive, but that's not really one anymore, so I'd say, like, Bloodborne, Spider-Man, and I just kind of moved on from there. Oh, and The Last of Us Remaster, if you really want to count that, but I, I consider that more of the, the, the PlayStation 3. Oh, play, uh, yeah. We, we, okay. But anyway, I always forget about Ratchet and Clank, which is just a fucking amazing game. If you have not, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening, you're watching us on Twitch. I don't know where you are, what you're doing. Maybe you're in the car, but if you are able to... Pull over and buy it online yeah, from Amazon. <laughs> exactly, yeah. If you are able to get Ratchet and Clank 2016 on your PS4, let me get you a price, ladies and gentlemen. Ratchet and Clank is... Oh man, there's so many Ratchet and Clank games. Seventeen dollars pre-owned at GameStop right now, so twenty dollars new. 
it's so good. It's so fucking fun. And if you enjoyed yeah. Spider-Man PS4, you will enjoy this game. I'll say that much, too. Because it holds a lot of the same DNA. You know, great weapon variety, gadget variety, exploration, locomotion, upgrade system. Cam characters. says it was free on PS Plus as well last year. So, oh, shit. Okay. Yeah, there you go. I was not aware of that. There you go. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, l- little off track there, but... Um, yeah, Despite no, I mean, this medieval, like, yeah, it's, um, I, I actually think these kind of games are some of my favorites to sit down and just relax and play. So I'm, I'm excited for it. There we go. Ozimoto said downloading it now. It was free on PS Plus, I believe, last year. Perfect, man. I'm telling you guys, it, it is fun. Don't go in and do it serious, expecting, like, a great narrative. The characters are endearing, but don't expect this, like, you know, heart-tearing story. Just have fun. And, and, you, and at least try a new game plus if you enjoy it. I think you'll really like what's there. I'll um, go out on a limb and say it's three times the game Kingdom Hearts 3 is. Oof. Oof. Three times the game, bro. <laughs> if you said play Kingdom Hearts fresh brand new right now or play Ratchet and Clank third time through because I beat it twice, Don't do what this would you me. rather do? <laughs> what would you rather do? And I would say I would play Ratchet and Clank fucking two more times versus turning kingdom hearts three on one well more hold on are we are, have we played both these games at this point and we are going based off that or are we saying like i'm looking from the outside i've never played either oh bro can't uh, fucking yeah if i haven't played either one fucking ratchet and clank uh, without a shadow either, of a doubt i would say kingdom hearts dude it's a it, you you know why i brought this up because you mentioned story so <laughs> kingdom hearts Kingdom Hearts has some great graphics, fucked up story, what have you. It's, you know, but it's super easy. Everything about Ratchet and Clank felt like a game to me. And I don't know how to describe that. The saccharin, I told you this in the Discord yesterday. I love the saccharin look. That sweet, super high saturated look. And then Ratchet and Clank also on top of that has insane animation. Mm -hmm. Fucking unbelievable animation. So, and... See, but I'd say so does Kingdom Hearts 3. You don't think Kingdom Hearts 3 has really good animation? Because they have I, to like channel that Pixar nature into a lot of their, their game. I thought the animation I do, was but a tier. lot of it wasn't playable when it was animated. Like, mm. like, I do. I, I see. Do. I, I thought the combat animations were pretty... They were, they were sparkly. The particle effects were there. But it was so easy. Oh, yeah. It just didn't even feel like a game to me. I get so, that. I but don't know. I, I get that. But then at the same time, I had never equated Ratchet and Clank to being challenging. I, ne- I never had a tough time with Ratchet didn't and Clank. You, you didn't turn it on the harder difficulty? Even when I do, because your weapons get so beefed up that you kind of just run through levels and, and decimate everything without... Um, because you get so... I just don't think I've played an... I just don't think I've played an easier game than Kingdom Hearts. Oh, so oh, I don't know. No, I don't know I, I, I'm it. with you on that. I am with you on that. I don't think I've ever gone through a JRPG and, and only said, I died once in this game. JRPGs Dude, are notoriously tough. Like, the Ratchet and Clank, the robots, and the way everything... Exp- yeah, I just... The pinata, mm. as a Viva pinata fan, anytime <laughs> anybody, like, the fucking gears and shit explode, it just makes my brain go like, what the fuck? And then, and then it was backed up by good gameplay, which I don't think Kingdom Hearts gameplay is very good. Mm. Um, because it's so easy. So, uh, yeah, but again, I haven't beat Kingdom Hearts. So maybe I've only played about 10, 12 hours of Kingdom Hearts now. So... Maybe if I played more Kingdom Hearts, I would feel that way. But I loved Ratchet and Clank. 
No, I'm, I'm right there with you. And I would say, objectively speaking, I liked Ratchet and Clank a fuck ton more than Kingdom Hearts 3. Because Ratchet and Clank is a game I'd go back and play right now, easily. Right. Uh, I don't have the time to. But, but, like but you Kingdom just Hearts, mean, as an event, as a thing, you like Kingdom Hearts better. I like do, because, yeah, exactly. As an yeah. event, as a world to interact it. with and I be in, I like Kingdom Hearts a lot more. Uh, but Ratchet and Clank is is absolutely a better game, and I played it more. I enjoyed it more. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like in the same way, they are both that kind of you coast along type of gameplay. Like I never had difficulty issues with, with Ratchet and Clank, except when I was a kid. The the what was it up? Not up your arsenal. Um, Deadlock. There was a a challenge you could do of some kind. That, that involved you surviving hordes of enemies, and I did have issues with that because sometimes you'd have, to, you'd have to strafe jump. Remember how you could either do your normal 3D running or when you strafe is when you ran just left and right, and that's it. And uh, you'd have a different jump, and you'd have to like, jump over some lasers and shit. And I'd, I'd, have, I'd have challenges with that as a kid. But... Mm, gotcha, gotcha. Um, yeah, Ratchet & Clank is fantastic. And now we'll move on to Final Fantasy VII and get more in-depth on its, its gameplay systems, what we saw in the trailer at State of Play. So I liked what I saw gameplay-wise, partially because what, what, what was there looked fun, but more so to me, what spoke to me was, okay, this looks not like Final Fantasy XV's gameplay. Because Final Fantasy XV was a hold circle, and then the middle of the screen would say, press square to parry, and you do that. And eventually the, the combat, over time, at first I didn't mind it, but over time, and when you return to it, it's super flawed, and uh, it's more so like a hold circle, and, and then when it's when you're good to go and, and you gotta press square to defend yourself, you just do that, and it's back to holding circle. There's no interaction. It feels it's like almost like you're watching animations unfold in front of you instead of doing the thing, so to say. Uh, I liked how in Final Fantasy VII remake it looked like they had the Punisher. You had a you had a it was almost actually like Kingdom Hearts 2's combat. There was an attack button, there was a special attack button, and then you could press L1 and R1 and switch between commands and you could access magic, items. I really liked what I saw there. So, what did you stand where did you stand rather on Final Fantasy 7's gameplay? Cuz we don't really, I mean, we know the story. So, let's just talk yeah, about I the think, gameplay. I think I like it better than the turn even though I don't mind turn-based. Mm-hmm. What I what I saw was enough to get me interested in it. My only question is, what we saw, is that representative of the freedom of gameplay at all times? Is it, like, how do you move around the locations, which is something you couldn't do? Is it going to be like Devil May Cry, which I love, but also feels like I know exactly when an enemy is going to pop up? You know, we we talked about this in the last podcast, I think, where it's like, you walk into a spot, you know blood's going to come down, and you're going to have a fight in Devil May Cry. Um, mm-hmm. I, I want to know how it's delivered, how the arenas are delivered. Are, is there going to be yeah. debris in the arenas? Are you going to be able to run through it? Um, because all that stuff will be cool. I, I think what I saw looked interesting. I didn't glean as much as you did about particular buttons or anything like that. What I it's saw was... It's instantly what I looked for, because I just don't want it to be like 15. I love 15 in many ways, but it's combat. I well, it's a like. different Final Fantasy. You know, yeah. every Final Fantasy has different combat, so that's 15s. So that makes sense. Do um, you think with 15 being so popular, despite the way it ended, do you think <coughs> with it just being so popular, they they take that system and and put it in 7 Remake? You think At so? At least I, I thought they would. I thought they would just to kind of keep things similar, so no matter what Final Fantasy you go into, it's familiar. Is it the same producer on both, Maddie? Same producer? 
Because if it's not the same Hard producer... Hard to tell with how many teams have switched between this game, right? It, exactly. So when you look at... Like, a lot of people think the devs make a lot of choices, but a lot of times the producer will end up making, like, an o the overall style choices. They're the ones who are, like, looking at everything, saying, okay, we want to... Maybe... I don't know if it is the same. If it's a different producer, maybe they also agree with you and mm -hmm. aren't a fan of 50... Like, maybe they're more of a fan of... Let's say a Kingdom Hearts where you you know it looks like that, but then you also have these button combos or what have you. So um, <clears throat> I don't know if it's the same one, but I think overall it looked overall it looked very cool to me. I personally feel that um, graphically it uh, it looked fun, but again it was a small snippet for me. It was hard for me to glean what was you know like what was occurring through all of it. Yeah, High Far Dead said, I saw Final Fantasy VII had some mechanics from Kingdom Hearts 3, uh, especially with the special moves. I didn't see, like, reaction commands, though, which is good. Um, but I, I thought... Uh, oh, they agree? Okay, that's the... Yeah, that's what I thought, too, was Kingdom Hearts 3. That's mm -hmm, funny. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah, okay. so yeah, I, I, that doesn't surprise me personally. I, I thought they would yeah. borrow a little bit from that. But I'd rather it... Because there's a difference between 3 and 2. I thought 2's... Um, set up Kingdom Hearts. And, and, yeah, Kingdom Hearts. Sorry, uh, uh, I thought no, its right. approach and its setup was um, well, there was just something different about it. It felt different. I don't know if it was it was because there were situation commands versus uh, reaction commands, which was you know both were kind of a press triangle to win. But it seems like two system without any commands in there, and right. and, and I also hope that Seven Remake does not have the same magic system. As fifteen, I feel I feel like that goes woefully unnoticed, because the the crafting system and the spell mixing. By the way, Eddie, thank you for gifting a sub to Bug. He actually came in and said, first person to type what year World War One started will get a gifted sub." So, Eddie, thank you for be, <clears throat> being an MVP and supporting the community here. Uh, I but, don't remember uh, the magic system enough to remember if I hated it or not. But again, if you're I playing Final it, Fantasy just... all the times, yeah. You might know more about it. I, I, yeah, I don't remember enough of it. 15 might as well happened, not have magic. And Dylan's right. It may as well have not had magic because it was so weird to use. You would equip, like, a magic orb. It, it would be like throwing a oh, grenade. Oh, yes. Okay, I remember it now. Right? I remember it, now. it was yeah. just... It was, it was odd. I think it was a system that was supposed to be something else, and they're like, oh, fuck, magic. We forgot. <laughs> grenades oh shit yeah, yeah what do we like, do call well, of duty magic grenades sounds good yeah right right exactly put it in the game and and that's how they did it i i really think that's what happened they were like oh shit we gotta we gotta put fucking you can make experience grenades you could right yeah you could you could put like special effects on the grenades i just i i hope they change that i i hope they scrap that system and just give me a magic bar let me, as I progress in the game, let me unlock my Fyra, my Kira. Let me unlock those. Let me hotkey them by holding L1 circle, L1 triangle, L1 square, and just activating them. And when my my spell meter or my mana bar gets empty, let me just refill it with an elixir or a mana potion, whatever you want to call it. Just let it be that way. So Sometimes simple is good. Sometimes simple is fucking good in that regard. Don't give me this materia crafting system that gives me XP nades. God, please don't do that. I think the problem with Final Fantasy is if you don't play all of them and if you don't memorize all of them, you go in knowing their magic systems are almost always slightly different. Mm. And so what I think happened with 15 is I remember going and going, this is weird, but it's Final Fantasy. They're yeah, that's weird. how I felt at the time. It's just a system yeah, that I'm like, please so, don't let, don't let this yeah. be the one that they repeat. 
It really is what I'm saying. Yeah, hearing. I just don't think they will, though. They haven't seemed to repeat a bunch of stuff from 15 and what we've seen of 7. I don't think I don't think you have a real reason to worry, is what I'm saying. It does not I, feel... Yeah. And that doesn't even fit in the game the way they showed combat-wise. That doesn't mm-hmm. seem to even fit. It seems to fit more that you're able to attack and instantly cast whatever spell. They'll probably have elements on weapons. Right. Yeah, so I, I, I don't think you need to worry about that, but... Like you said, 15 was popular. <laughs> like mm. That is the problem with something that's very popular is a lot of the people, that's what they want to use the next time around. Yeah. Well, fingers crossed. We'll see. That's just my personal, uh, my personal worry with the gameplay. But overall, I like what I saw. And now we move over to another big reveal that happened this week. One that I didn't see coming but leaked the day prior to it actually happening. <laughs> uh, so Ghost Recon Breakpoint was unveiled and we have an article here from ign says ghost recon breakpoint uh gameplay revealed release date announced the wildlands sequel will be available october 4th uh it's set on a fictional archipelago of aroa in the pacific ocean uh set for release on the pc xbox one and ps4 the game will allow the uh allow will follow on from wildlands by allowing four player co-op across its stealth action focused open world uh, it will also launch with a unyet specified PvP mode. New features include a class system, although you can swap between classes freely, loot in the open world, light survival elements, and prone camo, the ability to slaver yourself in mud to avoid detection. Post-launch, the game will add endgame raids. Breakpoint catches up with Wildlands team leader Nomad, stranded on a fictional Pacific island. You'll be contending with rogue ghost Cole D. Walker, played by the Punisher's John Bernthal, which is pretty cool because Punisher's awesome. Um, Anyway, Wildlands is getting a sequel, or as we've called it on the show in the past, Boring Lands. Uh, Are you you interested in Ghost Recon Breakpoint whatsoever? Yes, because just because they failed doesn't mean I don't want to give them, you know, that, right. that next chance, right? But I will tell you, um, the the one thing I am, I, I don't know if I would say necessarily worried about, but the one thing that I noticed that was odd in that trailer was they were like, it's going to have survival elements, blah, blah, blah. And then he duct tapes his leg and goes from limping to instantly being okay. And I'm all... Mm-hmm. I would like to see a game say, listen, there are survival elements, but you're going to be able to, like, you're going to have to work around them. And it didn't look like they were, it looked like it was more like, hey, we've got survival in our game, which that's great and everything. Um, I don't necessarily know if I trust them enough to want them to add other systems. I would rather have them fix Wildlands, to be honest. Like, not Wildlands 2, but you know what I mean. There's AI issues galore with that game. Mm. There's a passion in that game that's lacking just soul-sucking at times when you're playing. And remember, (laughs) you and I played the demo, and this is why I tell people, same thing happened to Days Gone. People are like, best game ever. I'm like, how long have you played? 45 minutes. I'm all, well, Jesus, dude. Get back to me when you put... That's what happened with Wildlands with you and I, because I remember we were both starting to get excited about it. We were like, wait, being in your fucking Suburban, going back, this might be cool. And then you start to play it after a while, and you're all, "Uh uh-oh. Uh oh, it's, it's the same thing. <laughs> yeah. So my hope is, my hope is they improve on everything that I had an issue with with Wildlands, and then the survival element matters more mm-hmm. than 
than we saw in that trailer. But that trailer was so fake that oh. it's it was Ubisoft, right? It was very, very scripted. And yeah. what's interesting so... is in the chat, Cam said Wildlands with Friends being tactical was very fun. Chromie <sighs> said Breakpoint <sighs> looks like a Wildlands reskin, not really appealing. Then we also have a lot of people who are hyping up John Berthal saying, like, holy shit, this is amazing. And then, uh, where did we see here? I thought I saw one more. Ghost Recon games to me are like Dead Rising or Borderlands, fun with friends, but dull alone. So, really mixed bag reception. I personally just, I was telling my girlfriend about this. I just miss the days of, like, Ghost Recon Advanced Warfighter. Yeah, Advanced. Well, even earlier than that for me, Rogue Spear. Like, like the old ones. Dude, Advanced Warfighter. There was just... There was something fucking cool about that game. And I thought it was the voice acting and the execution of moments, the team play. It, it sort of reminded me of Republic Commando in a way. But also the the tech that your your team had. You felt like a special squad. And that game, man, th- th- that series rather, was so, so cool. And anything that's not that isn't viewed poorly in my eyes, it's just that like this open world base-a-thon does not appeal to me whatsoever, which was the first thing they showed in this. You know, you you crawl through enemy lines, you, they show off the mud camo, clearly scripted segment, and then you see them breaking into a base right away. And as uh, I'm a part of a friend group where we have gone through games just solely because they're co-op. I, I'm fully aware of the shut off your brain and play with your friends effect. And somehow Wildlands was so fucking boring to me that I could not even do it with that game. And I that says a lot to me. That, like, as someone who loves co-op games, just because they can be co-op, they don't even have to be a good game. They're just good co-op games. Wildlands did not do anything for me. So, I really hope that Breakpoint does something. The only thing I liked was when the, when the guy cut through the fence. It was kind of like uh, Star Wars uh, Bounty Hunter. You know how Django Fett used to do the thing that cut through the, the wire gate? Yeah. And he'd kick it. I, that's all it reminded me of, and I was like, all right, I like that. Uh, it also prevents you from running around the base until you find the opening, and it's a little more freeform. But overall, man, it just... The game was a snooze fest, I'm going to be real. The game was a snooze fest, and as you said, there was just this lack of passion there. It was just an open world with, with bases plotted around and a, a world that was uninteresting. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm all for it. Um... And I know you are. I know you're not saying you're not, but I'm saying I'm yeah. all for it. I just, uh, if it's if it's anything like Wildlands, I want them to fix those issues. And if it's not, I want them to make sure that those differences matter. Because mm-hmm. one of the problems I've been seeing with games is, hey, we have a crafting system. Days gone, in for instance. And then you're like, well, there's barely anything in here. Like, why even? Mm-hmm. There's other things you could do that could be very fun gameplay-wise that didn't involve me holding the left bumper for fucking, you know, and pausing the world. Right. Like a zombie's on me, and I'm like, hang on, I'm going to make this Molotov cocktail real quick. Mm-hmm. You guys, oh, I'm going to freeze time. You know, weird stuff like that. So, um, I like, overall, I just didn't see anything in there yet because it was so fake. So it's like mm-hmm. we got to wait until we see them, E3 most likely, see them go through a level. I want to see them go through a level, sit down, and show some of the unique gameplay. I think uh, at least with a movie star doing the, you know, the voiceovers and stuff like that, we might get a pretty cool story. I just hope it's not like Days Gone where that was wasted. Mm-hmm. 
we had Starkiller, who I, I I'm not in love with or anything, but I felt he was sort he did of a really wasted. good job. I thought he did a good job with what he had. Yeah, with what he had. Yeah. And um, and I I usually don't hold it against the voice actors usually unless mm-hmm. they sound like they're reading from a script. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't know, man. It's a it's an odd situation, an odd game, and they just. I just am done with CGI trailers of any kind. I'm done. Yeah, I, I mean, Cam, right Cam made another, no, you're good. I'll, I'll continue on. Cam, you made a really good point. He says uh, Ubisoft has bad first game syndrome. Watch Dogs one to two is big. Division one to two is big as well, and that's true because I enjoyed each of those sequels more than the others. So it's very well possible that Ghost Recon Breakpoint uh, could have something more appealing to me. But it's just like if, if that seems like a Maddie game, uh, Ghost Recon Wildlands. Like it had the customization, it had co-op, it had an open world, it had tons of objectives. I just think the game lacked a heart. Like for example, even in Days Gone, which we've used frequently, I'm going to stick with it. And that game, I may not have liked it, but there was just something about the game that showed that there was heart. And in Ghost Recon Wildlands, you don't feel their heart. You just don't feel this passion, this creator's love. It's just like a map with bases in it, and you run around and do them with friends. It it feels arguably thoughtless in many ways. And uh, there's something between that and, like I said, a Days Gone, where you can see they take time to try to develop their characters. You can see things are well thought out in certain regards, even if they didn't pan out as well. Um, the game's selling well, so that's good news, at least for the developers, because we know that Sony's been getting rid of studios, not buying studios. So I feel anyone who underperforms, they'll axe without a second thought. Um, but anyway, I just feel like there's something with Wildlands where I don't know what they could change from Breakpoint, uh, from Wildlands to Breakpoint to make me care. Whereas one to two, the fixes were obvious and, and two already had my attention because the setting was Washington DC post-apocalyptic. Hello, Fallout 3, one of my favorite games of all time. Easy, obvious. I was into that right off the bat. Watch Dogs was an awesome idea. I even said in my original review that the gameplay systems were fantastic toying around with people from a mile out is one of the coolest feelings a game can actually give you and i i thought that carrying that into two even more and making like hacking related puzzles and giving you more toys to play with it seemed like that was a natural step there was something i liked at its foundation and with ghost recon wildlands there was not something at its foundation that i enjoyed i like the idea of an open world co-op shooter but it looked like the not the exact same but it looked like more of the same with additional tools and and stuff to work with um, um, oh, good. No, I was just going to read a question for us both. Uh, Tide the Gamer said, do you think they should slow down on Ghost Recon? And the same goes for you as well. No. No, I actually think, um, it's funny, men- people are mentioning Call of Duty. I actually think there's a chance this will be more level-based. Mm-hmm. Like, like almost like a Call of Duty or a Battlefield, because I believe that they know that there's a weakness in those games right now, especially Battlefield. Jesus, I'm getting so many deliveries. Um, with with like fuck sorry i have to get this but with <laughs> battlefield having the multiple stories in places right, right. i could actually see ubisoft saying there's a weakness there we're going to nail it right and we're going to do that kind of game and mm-hmm. i would actually be into that they got a major actor use him cuz i don't right. want a major actor in an open world game where he's just randomly going there's a base i better kill it there's a bad guy there's a fucking cougar i better skin it you know, instead, oh, it's not for me. Instead, I would rather have them use the character. So whenever they, for example, Splinter Cell, I'm much happier when Splinter Cell's levels are more contained, smaller locations. Because they have Mike Ironside, who's a great voice actor, except for the last one. And um, 
I like the idea. If you're going to go out and get somebody like the Punisher to do your voices, you better use him. Mm. And so to me, it would be more useful if they said, we're doing a story. Like we're doing a... I just have never seen like a celebrity voice actor come in <clears throat> and change the game because he costs so much to have that they usually use them sparingly. And it's normally like yeah. a cool cameo. It's never something that's... That's what's worrisome. story drastically to me. I've never that's had that. Worrisome. I can't... And I can easily say I know a ton of video game voice actors and actresses, but I'm not like well-versed in television uh, or movie actors and actresses as well as I would like to be. But I know a name like John Bernthal. I've watched Daredevil. I haven't watched The Punisher, but I loved him in season two of Daredevil. And um, and so for me, that's awesome. But I also know that this guy is becoming more and more popular since he was on The Walking Dead. And, and clearly his rates are going to go up. And when that's the case, it's not going to be cheap to have him in the studio. And unless they have a clear vision for John Bernthal, which I doubt given the infrastructure of the game, I feel like it's just going to be like a selling point. Like, yeah, we got John Bernthal. And here he is at Ubisoft E3 to show us gameplay on the stage and that that won't be awkward you know i'm sorry if i sound pessimistic or negative it's just i've never ever 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 like kevin spacey and call of duty like i've never cared because it's never made a difference once once it's i'm i I want to make sure you're clear i'm not saying it's going to make a difference no no i yeah i know you're not i'm saying oh i'm I'm saying that my hope is is that because they have him they can do a story-based game and because other battlefield games have failed someone if it's not Ubisoft, could be Microsoft. Somebody is going to aim at the at the lackadaisical mm-hmm. delivery of Battlefield. It will oh, happen. And apologies, but the, the chat is correcting me saying John Berthal is actually in Ghost Recon <coughs> Wildlands as well. He's an Operation Oracle. He, he's in a he's in DLC, isn't he? Yeah, that's what I think it is. Yeah, Operation Oracle, I believe, is DLC. So thank you to the chat for correcting me there. I don't. Maybe, okay, here's the thing. If you're still invested in Wildlands at this point in time and you have played that DLC, this might be a much bigger deal to those long-term fans. I think for people who are on the outside looking in, that's an eye-catcher. But to me, so maybe it's more of a continuation of what they were already doing. Just all I'm saying is for me, it it has never been a difference maker. And it's always been a, like I'll say, once again, Kevin Spacey in Advanced Warfare, I, I think I said in my review, I was like, yeah, he's good, but the story still sucks. It's the same thing with I could say with Sam Witwer in, in Days Gone. He he gives a very transparent, uh, human approach to Deacon that I really liked. Like the way he, you know, some people hate how much he talks. I liked how he kind of would mumble to himself and, um, you know, the way he'd react to things and he'd sometimes go, oh, or um. It was a very human acting performance. And I think Sam Witwer elevated parts of the story because of that. But overall, the story still wasn't that good is what I'm getting at. So... Um, overall, what would excite me more is if they, you know, we'd see certain writers or, or designers joining the team that showed a direction of where this game was heading in. You know, that, that's what excites me. Certain hirings from the game development side of things, not who's acting a part. Cause you could put John Bernthal on a shitty script and I'm sure he'd still kill it, but it's still not a good script. Right. That's kind of where I sit it's- on it. Yeah, I have no clue. I do, I don't I don't know anything about the script. I just feel that they're mm-hmm. going to change the entire way they deliver the game. <laughs> I do not think it'll be like Wildlands. Yeah, I, I <clears> at think least not. from what I, I saw, especially with the survival, it'll be really weird. Can you imagine running across all of Wildlands with a broken leg? <laughs> no. It'd kill my soul, dude. Yeah. That's why I'm thinking that they're going to change some stuff. Um, yeah. On the other hand, if you do have a level based game, survival's not going to matter as much either. So yeah. 
Um, it's funny you mention that because I believe the same thing about Chris Avalon. Whenever I see him announced in a game, I don't care anymore. I'm like, whatever. I get it because he's kind of like a superstar now. Yeah, well, not only that, but, like, there's been multiple times where you find out he's just there to, like, punch up a little bit of the narrative, and it's like, that's not the same thing as writing it. Right. right. Yeah, and, you so, know, I, I'm also a believer I, of, like, how many I agree in, with how many universes that. can he invest himself in before yeah, it's, exactly. like, he's out exactly. of here. Yeah. Well, at some point, it's just, like, saying that, like, fucking, uh, what's his name? Oh, I can't remember. He, uh, the big producer. But, like, you know, say some Puff Daddy is your, your producer. It, mm-hmm. He's a, he's a producer of 8,000 things now, right? I guess. When their names are just plastered everywhere. It's so. like The Rock. <laughs> like The Rock's in Yeah, right? Everything. Just everything. He just shows yeah. up in everything. So, yeah. yeah, it'll be interesting. I'm crossing my fingers for it because uh, I like those kind of games. Yeah, I, I hope I like it, too. I hope I like it, too, and that I look foolish in this rant. Uh, all right. <laughs> Last bit is the questions. Now, I never put out a message on the Patreon about whether or not people wanted to post questions. So let's hope everyone remembered their Patreon duties as I find my phone. Here it is. And I open up the Discord, and we can find out if we have any questions. If not, the chat's going to have to pick up the slack, which is good news for you guys. Okay. Uh, All right, perfect. We do have a handful of questions. Uh, One was, what are our thoughts on the recent bill introduced by the U.S. Senator, uh, which we did cover a whole segment on. Yeah. Um, and that's why that's how I found out that news. So shout out to Bearded Panda for putting that out there. Um, Dan asks, any top tier games you guys have skipped only to play years later and realize your mistake? Uh, so I've actually been doing this with, and it's not years later, but Devil May Cry 5 is a game that I know, I know is is up my fucking alley. And I know I'm making a mistake by not playing it, which is why I'm making sure... In June, I make time to play this game before I go away for about a week with my girlfriend. I'm going to get it for my birthday, and I'm going to play it. Uh, so right now, that is definitely like a game that reviewed well. I had to skip because I think I was playing Kingdom Hearts 3. I was reviewing Crackdown, Far Cry, and, and it just became very busy very fast. And I wanted to make a video on Jump Force, but the game sucked so much ass. I did not want to play it. Um... So yeah, that that is my answer there. What about you? Have you ever skipped any top tier games or well reviewed games? We'll say, and uh, came back years later and been like, oh, oh shit, I missed out. This this is where I show my absolute lackadaisical lookup skills. I never look at other reviews, so I don't know what like the mm-hmm. a game would have scored. I did not play. Well, I'd like to play more Mortal Kombat, um, but the, most games I just pick up. And I play a little bit, even if I don't review it. Mm-hmm. That's a big game. So mine wouldn't be a big game. It would be like some, like one of the Ma- Mega Man's that released the one Mega Man that released with like multiple titles in it. Um, uh, oh, Mega what Man was X, that? X2, something Legacy like Collector. that. Th- yeah, those are actually ones that I haven't got a chance. Oh, and there was a couple 2D fighters. You reviewed one, I believe, that uh, by the Blaze Blue guys, I believe. Um. Or maybe it wasn't by them, but it was it was fully two D, and it was uh, maybe you didn't review they're, it. They're doing I I don't I didn't review. Jump, was it Jump Force? Jump oh, Force wasn't Jump by Force. Jump Force wasn't. Oh God, don't don't play that game if, if it's on your list. <laughs> well, and that's what I'm saying is I don't know what's good. I do remember somebody saying Jump Force wasn't good, including yourself. So maybe that's hmm. what it is. Yeah. All right. And next. We have uh, Bearded Panda with a question that we actually can answer. 
Uh, and then we'll turn to the chat because we only we, we have like people commenting in the thread on the other questions, but we only have uh, two questions. In light of the new Ghost Recon game announced yesterday, what are y'all's thoughts on more mainstream celebrities having their likeness and voices put into games as story-centric characters? Examples being John Thurn- Jer- John Bernthal, fuck me, Punisher in Ghost Recon, and Norman Reedus, Walking Dead in Death Stranding. So I thought Norman Reedus in Death Stranding actually works because I don't know how, to, how else to word this, and I don't say it in a mean way, but like, Norman Reedus is a strange guy, and Kojima is a strange guy because they're very creatively immersed people. They they love creating, and it's their lifeline. And so I feel like him, Norman Reedus, Mads Mikkelsen, like these types of people mesh well together because they are obsessed with their creations. And and so I like that type of stuff when it's it, it it's a a collaboration that makes sense, right? Like uh, like minds, even because an actor can can look at a script and go, no, 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 like this is what we should do. And if you're if you're within a similar mindset with the director of the game or, or a producer of the game, uh, one of the lead writers, these changes can kind of happen and improve the game as it as it progresses onwards as they develop it. Um, so I, I like those types of partnerships. But you guys kind of heard my spiel, so we'll let we'll let Carrot go. I like it actually. I do like the, you know, one of the reasons why, as long as they're good at scripts, is first of all, I have nothing against Troy Baker, but Troy Baker's Troy Baker's Troy Baker kind of stuff. You mm-hmm. know, it starts to, matter of fact, when you're playing Mortal Kombat, you know instantly who Troy Baker voices. Instantly. Mm-hmm. It's fucking yeah. instant. Yeah. It's like. It's, uh, it's Aaron Black, right? Yeah. And you're like, you're playing, and your brain is just like, I mean, duty started to look like Troy Baker to me. Um, so I like it. I'm totally fine with it. And but I've been a fan mm-hmm. since, like, let's say Michael Ironside with Splinter Cell. So right, I like right, that right. kind of stuff. I I I think that a lot of times those guys know how to act. Sometimes they don't, but overall, I think it's a good choice. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Bug zero four three asks a really good question. With university life and low lying depression, the will to play games has been lacking most days. How do you manage these dulled interest in game playing or the burnout? So for starters, uh, life can get busy, you know, especially if you're a student at university and if you suffer with depression, uh, sometimes you, you have to take the steering wheel and and drive your own life and decide I'm going to say, fuck my depression and still play my games. But sometimes you might just be burnt out on games and you don't got to play. Um, I have had stretches where gaming has been uh, not super interesting to me. Um, but it, what always brings me out of that is when a really magical game comes by. It kind of makes it all the worth it. Uh, I will also say, though, that like I'm a believer that nothing's ever 100% amazing consistently. Like you'll, Everything ebbs and flows. There are weeks I want to play games. And, and for me, it timed out well. The week I didn't want to play games was the week that I was away for Borderlands 3. So while I was in LA, I was out there for four days and I really didn't play games at all except for those two hours that I played Borderlands 3 on stream. And it just timed out well, honestly, that I was like out and about and just doing shit. And when I got in my hotel, I'd have like five hours before I could just go to bed and I'd be like, just watch TV, chill on my phone. Like, I don't feel like playing games. Um, Just don't force it and you'll enjoy it more. You got any advice for him, dad? That, that, that's, that's, exact same same thing i would say 
Mm. All right, cool. Um, yeah, and you, uh, DataLate also mentioned um, that there are games that can get you through stuff. Like he said, Persona 3 got me through some shit. For me, funny enough, Persona 4 got me, got me through some shit. There are, just, there are just games that will push you through that hard time, and Persona is a game that I feel is best set up for that. It, it, I always it, believe you should step, step away from games, though. But yeah, I agree. I agree. Right. Like, I do Airsoft, I do Dungeon Dragons, we do the Discord, we do random shit. Mm -hmm. I I personally believe that the more read, write, all the. So, if I don't force anything, if like there's a game or I'm Mm -hmm. like. I've never been burned out, but if I was ever burned out, this is not the hardest I've worked. I've fucking done harder shit. So, it's like. You. If you start to feel like you're burned out, then I do other stuff versus destroying the hobby. Yeah, because that's what you would yeah, do. You point. would you you neuter the hobby yeah. if you start to fucking look at it and go, mm. "I need to force my way through it." I'd be like, "Whoa, no, that's an indication I need to step the fuck away from it, not not force myself through it." A lot that's of people uh, wonder why I just started taking up like tons of hobbies, and it was because of that. Like my yeah. life was literally. Wake up, game, when it's time to make a video, you make a video, hang out with some friends, maybe exercise, and that was it. And eventually I was like, all right, I'm going to start playing card games, I'm going to start socializing more, I'm going to take up martial arts, um, and I just added on to that hobby list and, and, and just tore down my comfort zone entirely. So... People uh, don't realize how much analog gaming helps too. Yes. Because if you're doing a digital and it's a screen and you you can't yeah. touch anything... Sometimes and your then brain just first... doesn't... Yeah, and when you grab, like, a miniature or a fucking card and you start, like, holding things, you're, the brain yeah. works in a completely different way. And Something that's, about that, it, yeah. Oh, dude, yeah, it helps out so much. Yeah, which is why, like, you guys can see in every stream, I have all my, like, not all my cards. All my cards are in, like, four <laughs> different binders, but I have a shit ton of cards right along here. Because what I do is, I, whoopsies, hold on. Let me just grab them. I build decks. And sometimes I don't even use these, but it's just like I like games, but sometimes I don't want to yeah. play a video game. Sometimes I want to play my card game. And since it's a social thing, sometimes you can't play them. So I'll just build a deck for fun and 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 play test it. You can play yourself in these games. You can just like see how the engine would run. And and so yeah, analog gaming is huge because it's like you're interacting with something. There's just something that changes with your brain. But yeah, it, it, I always encourage additional hobbies and don't force yourself to game. But also know that sometimes when you're out of gaming, it's I have had it where you just need that one game that clicks with you. And I'll always say it, it may not have been the best game in the world, but one of the games that did that for me was Fallout 4. Before Fallout 4, I did not enjoy gaming. I played The Witcher, I played Rocket League, and I played Batman Arkham Knight. Those are the three games I played. And then I was like, all right, I'm, and I played Fallout 3. Sorry for my road to platinum. Those are four games in the span of like five months, six months. Sorry, you know that that really isn't a lot of gaming. Uh, and I I would stream stuff, but that would be very minimal gaming. And it wasn't until Fallout Four came out, I was like, oh my god, this is why I fucking love games. This is so right. much fun. Um, and so yeah, there there will be that game for you. For me, it was also uh, Persona. It was near. It was uh, let's think of an example this year. Um, mm, I can't talk about that. Kingdom Hearts was a really good example. It was just fun. Mortal Kombat, I thought, was just fun. Like, you know, there are games... You, you, you appreciate games for different reasons. Sometimes you'll like a, you'll like gaming because you like your story, you like your gameplay. Um, but once you find other things to enjoy, 
through gaming. Uh, you'll be surprised. For me, I've just been enjoying having fun with games rather than being told this groundbreaking story. You know, there will be a time for that. But anyway. I was going to say, go. for me, it's Sims 4, of all things. I've told you that. I'll return to Sims 4 and, like, kill a bunch of Sims, put them in rooms, lock the doors, mm. fucking put them in swimming pools, <laughs> remove That's the ladders. So it's so... it's Man, we have entire, like hour-long discussions mm -hmm. in the discord about crazy shit you can do in that game and it's so cathartic mm -hmm. to sit back and play a game that you like just randomly um sort of like comfortably sometimes i like returning to games because i think that a lot of times those games returning to a game is cool because you can sort of coast through it like a tv show almost yeah that helps uh, that helps too ty the gamer said what hobbies do you find the most relaxing and it's definitely for me martial arts there's me like too. a lot of hard work in it and you're sweating your nuts off and you're like out of breath but it's because so much of martial arts is, is taught through breathing, like focusing, and uh, and and that just centers you. And centering is the most important thing you can do. For Dude, your, and it turns everything mentality. off. The first time, I don't know if you spar, but like when we have the people over once a week, we're we're doing sparring once a week, really hard. When somebody's trying to punch you, you don't give a fuck if somebody's calling your name on YouTube. Mm -mm. Yeah, like your brain is like, get, I don't want to get punched in the face. Yeah, one so, time I got kicked really good in the stomach, got the wind knocked out of me, and it just puts things in perspective. You're like, that, that's in, what matters, yeah. dude. <laughs> that hurts. Some, and, and it's so funny because you can look at something like in a game or on social media or whatever, and go, that matters. Everybody's staring, mm. and guess what? Nobody's staring. I mean, there even on huge things that have happened even recently to some YouTubers. There's uh -huh. other people that if I mention them, they'd be like, what? So martial arts is huge. I do airsoft. I think airsoft is a blast because you can use some of the stuff you learn in games and vice versa. But martial arts, there's some people just don't realize it until they do it. And that day you're working out really hard and you realize you haven't thought about anything else. Mm -hmm. Like you haven't thought about a bad relationship. Golf you haven't too. thought about golf. Yeah. See, I have a problem because my brain is pretty active. I think I would, I, the couple times I played golf, I wasn't able to detached yeah i think it's a selective the only thing but for me golf is a you know uh, oh my gosh it's just i think you, it's for so many people who like sure. it that's what it is yeah i yeah. i i just haven't been able it's it, there's a little too much downtime i think if there was a golf if there was a hole every five feet I'd probably <laughs> be fine. it's just putting just but well uh, actually mini golf uh mini now golf that is, I, yeah the mini golf mini fun, golf man. Mini golf will cause my brain to disconnect because there's so many things going. Mm -hmm. So I just need a little bit more chaotic than normal golf. Right on. Right on. Uh, that's great advice. Thank you. Finals week has been kicking my ass in these things and the streams have been calling me down in the face of potential class failure and stuff. Well, it's our pleasure. That's what this show's for and why yeah, we for include sure. the viewers. Uh, just know once your finals week is over, a lot of your stress will go away. Like, love my girlfriend to death, but the difference between her pre-finals and post-finals uh, <laughs> she's she's like a okay now she's like yes i'm gonna fucking sleep in tomorrow like i can't wait so yeah yeah man like i'm just telling you your time's coming you know you just just get through it just know this is the hardest you have to work for the next three months and and boom you'll be it, it's perspective perspective helps yeah um but anyway uh we'll take one we'll take one more question then we'll we'll, we'll shut down the show so Feel free to fire away, and we'll just pick the one that's that's most appealing. Have you been while they do a question? Have you been uh, have you been getting a chance to go to class martial arts? Yeah, it's been a little bit more tough because we got the puppy now, so that's been yeah. a lot of my attention. But um, uh, yeah, I've been I've been going again finally, which which is nice because um, like the the biggest thing with martial arts is you just have to stay consistent. Because like I went in Monday and I hadn't gone for a week, 
and we stretch. And I, you know, my, I'm a pretty flexible kid. So like my stretching felt fine. I was like, all right, let's go. And then we did this thing called a, a jump something split. I forgot what exactly the, the wording is. And it's where you just try to go wide and do a full on split. And then you turn, you face vertically and you try to split that way. And it's just yeah. to prepare you for kicks. And dude, like I was practically crouching. Like my, my muscles were that stiff. Like it, it yeah. had been only a couple of weeks, but yeah, my, my flexibility was not where it once was. So, um, anyway, okay. Here's a great question. Cause we were just talking about all the hobbies we do. We'll cap it off on this. Ozimoto asks, Maddie, now that you have a decent amount of hobbies for you, have you ever felt overwhelmed by them at times? Uh, yes. And same for Carrick as well. He says, y- yes. Uh, very recently I felt overwhelmed just last night, uh, cause I had to watch my, my puppy and I took a big chunk of my day and I couldn't get any work done. I didn't get to go shopping for mother's day for my brother's birthday. I had like all these plans and I couldn't do it cause I had to watch this puppy. I love my puppy. I love Revan. He's a great dog, but, uh, it monopolized a ton of my time. And I started thinking about, uh, I'm going to be writing in a Taekwondo magazine soon, uh, doing like a, a biography pretty much of my grandmaster, which is awesome. Uh, I'm going to be doing that though. I'm going to be, uh, celebrating, like I said, mother's day, my brother's birthday, my girlfriend's birthday all next week. I have to get this review done. I wanted to stream consistently, get back on that grind. I have, I want to hang out with my friends. I want to go to Taekwondo. You get what I'm saying? Like there was so, there's so much shit going on next, next week that I just went to my parents. I was like, just take Revan for the day. I, today has to be my day. <laughs> and they did. Um, so yeah, there have been times I get overwhelmed. Um, that's why I had to dial back my Japanese studies as much as that sucks. That was the thing that I viewed as, okay, I need to make sure I exercise. I want to do Taekwondo. I need to focus on my career. Japan is something I want to do next year. I'll focus on it next year. Uh, but right, yeah, right now, like I did get a little overwhelmed. So it happens. So that's why balance is, is pretty key. And yes, my puppy's name is Reventide the Gamer. Yes, it is. And I would say I've not found that moment yet. But I am, good. Going, I am going to find it. And everybody around me is like, at some point, Carrick is going to spontaneously combust or die because of the amount of shit I do. I fucking, I love, <laughs> I love doing as much stuff as humanly possible. Like, I'm when I go to sleep, you, yeah. I regret, I reg- I loathe closing my eyes because i'm like i could be doing airsoft or i could be fucking i'm like i want to experience everything so the mo like i i usually get about four hours so i'll go to sleep after my wife wake up prior and i'm like i get up and i say i don't want to say it but i tell my amazon ai to play music i'm like play blah 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 even though she's in the room with me and i'm already out practicing and then i lift and then i come in and then i'm like looking at airsoft guns and then i'm reading a D book i i there's a lot to that's life. why yeah, that's I why i like I fridays like, too i like this sleep and i different. hate sleep i like sleep and i hate sleep you know what i'm saying because for me there are days I, I sit down I'm like oh my god i'm fucking tired like i just need today to end and there are some days i'll go to bed at three and i'm like i could stay up for another six hours and just yeah keep cranking well that's away. why i like fridays i because this is not like any other day i have because i type in the discord but i'm not talk i mean we do chat sometimes but mm-hmm. so i spend i'm doing a secret podcast before the international then i do the international then i do the one with you and so by the time i get off with you i've been on podcast for like eight hours yeah so you've had your I, social feelings for the day <laughs> yeah and but it's different than the other social stuff it's different than playing games and going we got to be on today or i need to get this footage instead it's like let's just talk about bullshit and then when you get mm-hmm. done 
it to me that's the that's the best part about Fridays is like I get done and I yeah Necro's still trying to find out I, a bunch of people <laughs> in the Discord are trying to find out the secret, secret podcast podcast episode two I'm not gonna say over 200 and no one has guessed it's me in fact last week I had somebody say you should watch ACG for video game reviews and I was like. <laughs> they have no clue. No one and Maddie doesn't have a clue. By the way, I know. I, I thought you were talking about like the uh, MMA <clears throat> show or something like that. No, like, no. I've got I'm on a, a completely other uh, podcast, and one of our guys on uh, Discord even tried to trick me and have somebody else come in and ask me a question on Discord to see if I would slip up. They're like, "Have you done anything else recently?" And I'm like, "Bitch, I know what you're trying. Don't mess oh, with me." No. But yeah, um, I, that's why I love Fridays, man, because like it's different than all the other days. And right. You have more friends close to you because you're younger. When you get older, people get married. Yeah, and you shit. start moving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's a little harder. But for me, that's 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 why I try to break it up, is so that you, uh, I don't get, I don't do too much of one thing. I, right. I, 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 and I think that helps. I feel that. Well, ladies and one gentlemen, one of these days we'll find out. No, you won't, Necro. <laughs> won't. Fingers crossed. <laughs> I'm not, well, let me know if you guys find it out. I'm curious myself. Yeah, oh, if anybody finds out, I'll do a podcast just, or I'll do, a, I'll do a video or something just about it. But yeah, nobody's found out. <laughs> All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that has been episode 202 of the Hand Radio Podcast. We hope you all enjoyed this discussion. Thank you to the Twitch uh, Twitch chat for participating. Uh, thank you to the patrons for supporting, listening on early access, and if you're listening on YouTube or uh, where else are we? Spotify, Spotify. or iTunes? Are or you Google on Tuned Play? In Radio? Tuned In Radio? I am not. I have never heard of that. Okay, they're pretty big. I'll oh. show. I'll, t- I'll show you about them later. Perfect. Anyway, uh, Colby, thank you for the bits. Love you, man. Yeah. Really appreciate it, and uh, we appreciate all of you for taking the time to give us your afternoon, evening, morning, wherever or whenever you are listening. Thank you for being a part of our lives, and we will catch you next week for episode two hundred three. Peace out. Peace out.